the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the stay-at-home edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. Are you ready for the long holiday weekend? I'm excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I feel like it's stretching out in front of me. Nice. You know that feeling you get like when you're done with school and it's your very, like you've just gotten off the bus and the whole summer stretches out? Yeah. You know, I I feel that way. Well, listen, it's a condensed form, but it's the same type of excited optimism. I agree. Three days is kind of like money in the bank. I think it is. So thank goodness for Labor Day. Okay. So in those three days, would you be tempted to venture outdoors and do maybe a little uh, outdoorsy stuff like, um, Maybe some camping? Well, you know how I feel about camping. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm you not, know. But, but, I, but I have to be honest. The desperation of COVID-19 has driven me to consider this. Yeah. I, have not, I have not like pulled the plug on it and said, okay, let's try camping. But I, I actually have thought about it. Well, camping is fairly inexpensive, especially if you already have invested, you know, in the tent and maybe a sleeping bag or okay, so. Okay, but what and, if you but if you haven't invested? Well, in then it can be a little pricey. It can okay. be pricey, right? Yeah, because a good tent, you want to have a good tent, and of course, you want to have a good sleeping bag. But um, I, I saw this piece in the Wall Street Journal about the perils of this summer with COVID nineteen and first time campers. <laughs> oh, because oh are they in danger? Oh, they're a danger to themselves and to other campers <laughs> because, you know, what you don't know, of course, will eventually hurt you in the end. So the, the article, the scariest part of the great outdoors, the brand new camper, and the story is replete with those first timer mistakes. So they start off, three friends get together, you know, they're in their early 20s. Let's go camping. Okay, we're going to take an 18 mile trek. We're going to hike 18 miles into the wilderness. And the good thing is we should not carry a whole lot of things with us. The bad thing is by trying to carry as few things as possible, they figured, well, I'm not going to need a sleeping bag because it's not going to be really that cold. Well, then night descended upon them inside their tent and they found themselves in a valley where it was freezing. Mm-hmm. And one of the participants in this article said, it was the coldest night of my life. <laughs> Another person said, well, I don't think I need a cover for my tent because I want to lay on my sleeping bag and look up at the stars. However, it rained. And then after the rain, they started a fire. So their tent caught on fire because the embers oh. of the fire. So you've got a wet tent from the rain and then it catches fire. That's a bad way to spend a weekend. See, this is why, why, who wants to do that? Well, the thing is to be prepared, right? I mean, you've camped a lot in your life. Yeah. Mike, have you camped? Oh, a handful of times, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like why, why, why do you choose to do this? Because there's something about, you know, there's a really nice feeling of being out there and not hearing anything. If you're so secluded 
only you hear, the only sound you'll, you'll hear is nature, the birds, the quiet. I mean, it's really a beautiful thing. It really is. Highly recommended. Mike? I love it because you could just worship in God's presence. I, I just love it. And you're, you're, there's no distractions. No. You can hear the birds. I know I sound like this is a very like lame thing, but no, you, no. experiencing this is— There's a lot to be said for it, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just sounds like these people just— Right. Amateurs. They were, well, they were they're amateurs. Right. I remember when I was a Boy Scout, you know, the early days of being a kid and, and being a Boy Scout. And, you know, you're with a bunch of kids. And, of course, there's always coconuts in the group. One of the guys we were with, he was wearing a pair of, of galoshes, you know, the rubber boots on that go on top of your, you know, right. uh, regular yeah. boots. He, his feet were cold. He stuck his galoshes in the fire oh, no. where they quickly melted onto his <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Always think of that guy. It's like you know, camping one hundred and one. Don't do that. Did you ever have a hobo pie? Hobo pie? No, what's a hobo pie? Yeah, hobo pie is uh, you get you get two pieces of bread, and you put butter on it, and they actually have a I forget what they're called, but there's these two iron plates. Oh put, yeah, sure. Yeah, and you put the bread in there, and you can put whatever you want inside. You oh yeah, put, like make a grilled cheese or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you make grilled cheese. Um, yeah, if you want to get real fancy, you can get you can bring like pepperoni and and, and people make pies and sauce. Those. Yeah, make pies and stuff. It and you put it in the fire for like what? What, John? Maybe Whatever. Like a minute or so. If you want it like super crispy, you know, if you leave it in there longer. Yeah. But it tastes amazing. It tastes better yeah, than, it than than, than stove top foods. You and guys. What about what about the feeling though, Kath? You know, Mike. You know, you're in your sleeping bag. Oh yeah. And it's very, and it's it's really nice. And you know, you wake up in the morning and you're in there all snug as a bug, and it's just really beautiful. I mean, camping is a good thing. Listening to the crickets. Yeah. Oh, get out of here! I have I listen to the crickets every single night on my front porch. Tell me about your wives. Have they signed on to this? Did you <laughs> know that they? Do they like this? Will they go with you? Well, my wife, she would gentleman camp at. She would go to Creation Fest every year. And we would, you know, pitch the tent to Creation Fest. However, you know, there's a lot of people who cannot do without a bathroom. You need, yeah. you know, facilities. So that's sort of gentleman camping. In this, in this article, there's a, a woman said, well, I would, you know, go camping, but I would also jump in my car, drive a couple miles to the Sunoco station down the road where I'd get myself a nice decaf coffee and use the facilities. And I don't got no problem with that either. Right. Mike, your wife. Uh, let me put it to you this way. Um, I'm going to share a quick story. So, <laughs> so I went. I took my wife and my and my three year old son, and uh, we went out to um, uh, Bear Campgrounds. I think it's in Newcastle. Um, anyway, in the middle of the night, it started raining. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only one that left the tent and slept in the car. My wife and oh, my boy, you? yeah. Slept really? through the entire thing in the tent. I could not fall asleep for some reason in that tent with the rain gushing onto the tent. And they didn't get wet? No, they didn't get wet at all. I, I, I sealed it with this wax stuff. Mm. And so, But oh. anyway, to answer your question, Kath, she loves it. She'd go in a heartbeat. Yeah. She loves it. You guys, I'm on an island here. But you know what? I'm loud and proud. I don't care. Okay, that's fine. It's all right. Okay, I mean, so camping's I'll, not for so, everybody. So you guys, you guys do your camp thing this weekend for Labor Day and knock it out, and uh, you know, I'll see you at the Marriott. I think you just need to go with the right people. You, well, you think I've just gone with the wrong people? Yeah, yeah. yeah I you, think it's deeper than that, but thank you. Wait, so you've never ever gone camping? I've gone camping a lot because oh. I, I dated somebody who was a camper. 
Well, then when you I was know. in college. You know what it's like. Exactly. That's why I'm telling you oh, sorry. that this is an educated opinion <laughs> and I'm heading to the Marriott. Well, don't feel bad. There are those people who love the camping. There are those, as you just said, who love the Marriott and that's right. okay, right? Okay, great. All right. Thank you. Nice. I appreciate that. Good what time to hear is from it? you guys. Uh, it's time for me to tell you. Tell me what. Your weekend has begun. Oh, fabulous. It is at 12 minutes past the 4 o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon, a long holiday weekend. Truly, all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world. So, happy Labor Day weekend to everybody. Mm -hmm. We have a really fun show ahead in the 5 o'clock hour. John and I will do our weekend review where we check back over the last seven days, look at the pluses and minuses, uh, the highs and lows. We'll also talk about the uh, Kentucky Derby coming up tomorrow. There might be a change in the music that they play. In the 4 o'clock hour, our uh, feature this or that i'll be quizzing john in his um weekend state two weeks <laughs> two weeks post-surgery nice. uh, after shoulder replacement and coming up next our friend dr richard mao professor of faith and public life fuller theological seminary the topic 52 percent of americans say jesus wasn't god but he was a great teacher lots of terrific conversation up and down this or that coming up on the friday edition of the ride home 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. This scripture is not just what has happened. It is what is happening. It is not just what God has said. It is what God is saying to our society today. Because history is like a broken phonograph record. It just keeps repeating itself. Join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Challenges to the Cross, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsorustpittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsorustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsorustpittsburgh.com. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. From the producers of God's Not Dead. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. A movie so relevant for our times. One nation under God. Who do you think you are? Just expressing my freedom of speech. Not around here, buddy. One nation under God. Winner of 35 film festivals. We can cut God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. But God will always be here. Starring Kevin Sorbo. Antonio Sabato Jr. and football great Herschel Walker. Imagine what we could do, united, for one nation. Let's make America great again. One nation under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. 
some of your favorite pastors and authors like Charles Stanley, John Piper, and Max Lucado are bringing you their most popular devotionals for free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend time in God's Word daily. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox. With devotionals for parenting, singles, women, workplace, and more, Crosswalk.com offers spiritual growth for every stage of life. Visit Crosswalk.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app by heart. Tune in and at radio.com. A slight majority of American adults say that Jesus was a great teacher and nothing more during his lifetime, which several Christian leaders say is evidence that today's faithful are drifting away. The survey conducted by Ligonier Ministries found that 52% of U.S. adults say that they believe Jesus Christ is not God. Now, here's the surprising thing. Nearly one-third of evangelicals in the survey agreed that Jesus is not God compared to 65% who said that Jesus is God and is the greatest being created by God. The findings of the survey were collected from 3,000 Americans, including 630 self-described evangelicals, has prompted a call for more arduous modern study of Scripture. Here to talk to us about that is one of our favorite guests, Dr. Richard Mao, Professor of Faith and Public Life at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. He is also a wide-ranging author, one of our favorite guests. Richard, welcome to the show. Hey, good to talk to you again. Are you both well and safe? Well, Well, it's a matter of conjecture. Uh, We are not particularly well, but we are safe. John has a brand new shoulder. He's had a shoulder replaced two weeks ago, Richard. Um, wow. I got hit. I got hit with a kidney stone, which I'm happy to say I'm free of now. So it's oh, been. A, boy, we've got a lot I'm going so... on since we talked to you last. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Those are uh, both ordeals to go through. They it's surely true. are. We, we true, hope that you're well. Yeah, we sure yeah. hope you are well, Richard. Let's I'm talk about up. this. Let's yeah. talk about this weird. Um, I don't know if it's weird. I guess maybe it's just indicative of where we are. Um, the way people in America are looking at Jesus. So he's a great teacher, but not God. Are you surprised? Yeah, I am surprised. Uh, I'm especially surprised about the uh, evangelical uh, segment. The report about those. I mean, that's you know. I, I mean it. In, in certain ways, I want to say this. Uh, it's better to believe that he, while he may not be God, he was a great teacher than simply not to take him seriously at all. <laughs> you know, uh, I think there are people who need to get to know Jesus, need to find uh, themselves being attracted to him, and maybe taking his teaching seriously is a step in the right direction, you know, so I'm not going to simply condemn it. I mean, there are just too many people who uh, use the name Jesus in vain rather than, you know, respecting it. But, you know, John and Kathy, I, there's a, there's an old word called catechesis, you know, it's behind the, what we mean by catechism and the like, but it's the, it's the teaching ministry of the church. And I think that the evangelical movement has really failed in recent years on that. I, I'm guessing that there are people who, when they hear God, they think of God the Father, you know, God the Creator. Uh, 
And then they think, well, then there's Jesus, too. And they're not quite sure what to do with him. But if you ask them, is he God? No. I mean, you know, the God of the Psalms (laughs) is is different than Jesus. And so there may just be some confusion about terminology there. Uh, I I hope so. I hope it's (laughs) only that. Yeah, Richard, and that's kind of why I'm always leery of uh, surveys, right? Because surveys can be concocted in such a way that an answer, you know, can be extracted one form or another. I mean, to think that people who would, you know, in this survey, self-described evangelicals who don't believe that Jesus is God, what does that even mean? How would you even call yourself an evangelical if you don't believe that Jesus is God? Yeah, and that's where I think we need to do a better job of, talking about this. I'm glad you're raising this on, on, on the radio, for example, because I think there are people who who probably would be confused, would give an answer, maybe because of the way the question is put, but they genuinely believe that they will go to heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done for them. And then what we need to say is, what does he need to be like in order to do the saving that you feel that he's done for you, you know? And to me, that's the interesting question. Uh, could a, a mere teacher uh, have have done away with my sins in the way that we want to say Jesus Christ has uh, defeated the powers of sin and death? You know? Richard, isn't it interesting that people are still asking the same question about Jesus than when he was living here on the earth? Yeah. You know, like Jesus said to his followers, what did people say that I am? Yeah. And we're, so it, he is such a singular figure that he still prompts people. It, 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 he, you can't be ambivalent about him. You just can't. No, no. And and you're right. I was. I, I won't tell the whole story, but I was once on public radio with a liberal theologian, and and the question they were asking us both to answer is, why do people continue to be fascinated with Jesus? You know. I mean, you get specials on TV. You, in those days when Time and Newsweek were more popular, every time around Easter or, or, or Christmas, you got a cover sure. story about Jesus, right. you know. And the liberal guy came on and he said, well, you know, he, he must have been a very inspiring person because even after he died, his followers couldn't, just could not acknowledge that he was gone. And so they made up this whole story about the resurrection. Like, And, and my response was, you know, one reason why he's so fascinating is that he's still around, you know, mm-hmm. and people are still experiencing his power. They don't always know how to ex- explain it, uh, but there's there's something really deep about being attracted to Jesus, you know. Yes, he surely is. And, and he's you know, the living Savior, you know. And what I take from this survey, Richard, if people are confused about Jesus, then what must people think of the Trinity? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Even that, you know, that goes even further. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, the fact is that people who say they do believe in the Trinity, if they start explaining it, probably don't do a very good <laughs> job of it. You know, I mean, when you talk water, water and ice and, and, and steam, I mean, that's mm-hmm. not quite adequate to what we mean by three in one, you know. Right. Um, so I'm curious, you know, Richard, you know, for years, you know, you were uh, the president of a, a seminary. And I would imagine uh, for first year students walking in the door, 
it had to be a hot mess in many ways, people's beliefs and why they were even attending seminary in the first place. That's right. Yes. The important thing, uh, John, is that uh, a lot of, I would say the overwhelming majority of students who came to seminary came because they had an experience with Jesus. Uh, it might have been through Young Life or through InterVarsity or Crusade or, or something like that, but they had an experience with Jesus. And, and they did not always do a good job of explaining the, the nature of that experience or, or the, the nature of the person with whom they had that experience. And, you know, in certain ways, that's okay. I mean, when, when I was four years old, I, I loved Jesus. But I, I didn't, I, I didn't really have a doctrine of the divinity of Christ or the Trinity. It's something that I mean, you can have the experience without being able to explain it right, you know. And this, to me, is is absolutely fundamental, you know, that uh, the intellectual formulations are very important. Um, but people can, you can still be a Christian without getting the explanations exactly right. But uh, in this day, when there's so much of a challenge, you know, I mean, Tim Keller has just uh, issued a statement I saw on the news this morning on Christian Post that, uh, you know, we got to do a much better job of explaining who Jesus is, that uh, there, there are too many other lessons about Jesus that we're getting from the culture. Right. Dr. Richard Mao with us, professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary, Pasadena, California, where he has served as president for 20 years. Richard's written numerous books, including Adventures in Evangelical Civility, Uncommon Decency, and the newest Restless Faith, Holding Evangelical Beliefs in a World of Contested Labels. I guess it's not a surprise, Richard, if um, if there are evangelical Christians who don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God or Jesus wasn't divine himself. I guess it's not a surprise that we have people who are somehow valuing politics over a relationship with other people in the church. Yeah. No, and I think that's another side. What do we mean by evangelical these days? Yes, you know? that's it. Because there are people who might say they're evangelicals, but it may just mean that they they vote in a certain way with certain kinds of religious sentiments that right, aren't right. very clearly articulated, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you so, know, it, it always comes back when we have these conversations and you do from time to time because, you know, you're kind of dumbfounded. It's sort of like, you know, the old uh, Jay Leno man on the street stuff where he would ask basic questions <laughs> about history and people would yeah. say ridiculous things. I mean, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, then, you know, it's not as though it, it falls solely on the church to educate you. If you love Jesus, then if you love something, you want to know more about it because you're interested in that love. And so, we are our own worst enemies. If you love Jesus, you should be in Bible study. You should be in small groups. You should be reading. You should be studying. You should be praying because you love something, which is Jesus. Yeah. And, and I agree, obviously, agree, agree wholeheartedly with that. But, you know, when somebody doesn't uh, conform to what you're saying, John, uh, who's going to tell them they should? I mean, you just said they should do this, they should do that, and I think that's right. But I think the church does need to do a better job of explaining to people that it isn't just to have a vague idea of who Jesus is uh, as somebody that you love, but that you want to get to know him better, and to get to know him better 
we need to study the word that is the real source of authority about who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a guest on yesterday, um, Eugene Park, and he said that one of the things he's noticing in his church, he, he pastors in California also, um, is that he feels like his congregants are being catechized by Twitter or by their news feed more than they are catechized by the word of God. And he said, the scary thing is, is that he feels like he's in danger of that too. Yeah. And I think we all are. I mean, this is, you know, we are one of the big things, and this is so important as we think in the long run about what we've been learning about being online during this quarantine period and what the church has been learning about it is uh, that we are learning to process information differently. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, my wife loves newspapers. We get the Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Times. I never look at them because I have already gotten my news. I get up about 5.30, and I, I, I go to four or five news websites, but I actually skim a lot of it, you know. And uh, there's a a kind of a a spiritual skimming, a theological skimming that takes place. And it's pretty dangerous stuff, I think. uh, But we all need to pay attention to how we are receiving and processing and validating information that we get. Mm. From Fuller Theological Seminary, we're talking to Richard Mile. So, Richard, um, we're six months plus into the pandemic. Other than uh, skimming websites, um, how are you and your wife enduring? <laughs> well, we're doing well. My wife has been having some health problems recently, and but oh, we're nothing related to the pandemic, so we're we're not uh, living in those kinds of fears. But you know, it's uh, it's it's changing our expectations about life. I mean, you know, we're both. I'm eighty. My wife is a year or so behind me, and <clears throat> we we realize that not only. I mean, we have traveled a lot all over the world, and uh, all of a sudden, everything is canceled. I'm doing everything, you know, uh, by uh, Zoom and, and, and the like. And what we're learning <clears throat> is that for us, uh, we may never get back to that, you know. Right. Uh, the travel part of it may be pretty much over for us. and. And, uh, and so there are different ages that you have to take into account here, too. You know, for a 30-year-old or a 60-year-old, expectations about post-pandemic, post-quarantine are different than people who are 80. And that's a pastoral task, too, of uh, uh, trying to think of different stages of life and what all of this means for people at different stages. Yes, that new normal that hopefully will come sooner or later. But yeah. what will that new normal look like? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've kidded about this, but when I when I was younger, just starting to teach, and I would teach about the afterlife and why Plato had this idea that we would just go up and do it, this ethereal realm and just contemplate. And I used to say, you know, I want to be, I want for me, I want heaven to be active. I want my body to be raised up. I want to do things. I want to learn new things. So, uh, at age 80, I'm, I'm a little more into wanting to contemplate. <laughs> you know? mm. And so even our views of heaven uh, change at different stages in our lives. You know, mm. and, uh, and, and I think what we're learning about this quarantine 
businesses that uh, it affects different people in different ways. For some people, like the one person who came to give me a haircut yesterday, you know, for her, it's a question of uh, what her business is going to be like as a as a woman in her 40s, you know. Right. Uh, for me, I don't worry about the financial side of it. I worry about just uh, going to grocery stores again. <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing with all of that? Has it changed the way you do radio? Oh, yeah. It's changed the way we do lot. radio tremendously. I mean, both Kath and I right now, we're sitting alone in spare rooms in our separate houses and we're looking at each other through a computer screen, and our producer is sitting at the studio. Um, so we're we're disconnected. We really haven't seen each other maybe once or twice since March. Wow. And, you know, we're still doing radio, but it's just a different feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, those of us who have public roles, that's got to be a little different for us also. And I mean, you know, it's different for parents sitting with uh, – uh, eighth grade math books. With their oh my kids. gosh. Oh my oh, gosh. God bless yeah. them. Isn't that yeah. the truth? Ri- yeah. Richard, thanks for being here today. We consider it a privilege to call you a friend. We sure do. Hey, we love and, Richard. And I love this program. I love you guys and uh, blessings to all. Thanks. Blessings mm-hmm. to you. Bye-bye. From Fuller Theological Seminary, Richard Miles been with us. His latest book, um, Rest, Restless Faith, Holding Evangelical Beliefs in a World of Contested Labels. Do yourself a favor. Check out Richard Mile, M-O-U-W. You'll find a, a plethora, a mountain of things to uh, really dive deep in to know Jesus better. Let's take a break, Kath. And uh, what do you say? Are you up for this or that? I sure am. Very nice. It's our Friday feature. Kath and I have uh, 10 things this or that and we just go through them doesn't mean a whole lot maybe in some ways it's a little peek into who we are we can hardly believe it but it's time for the last barbecue of the summer at the Springhouse in 84 don't miss out on this great summer taste treat and come to the Springhouse this Labor Day for fantastic chicken cooked over the pit with lots of country vegetable casseroles, homemade rolls, homemade desserts, and of course our own Springhouse chocolate milk. Eat in our picnic patch or sun porch or take it home to your own picnic. And although this last chicken barbecue marks the end of the summer at the Springhouse, it also signals the beginning of lots of fun fall events. We'll soon be having hog roasts and pumpkin patch hay rides, plus lots of other special events to celebrate this beautiful autumn time of the year. So be sure to come this Labor Day to the Springhouse and help us celebrate. Hey, what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these days. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. <gasps> oh no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to die or any die. Quote to die at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. You invest in things that are important to you. Whether it's your home, your car, or your mattress, you want to know that you are getting the best product at a fair price that will meet or exceed your needs. At the Original Mattress Factory, our factory direct model and knowledgeable sales staff are here to help. We'll walk you through the process and ensure that you get a high-quality product, 
at a price that works for you. Visit OriginalMattress.com or a store near you to see the OMF difference for yourself. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit MAD.org. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Tonight, mainly clear with a low 51. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high 78. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 58. Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 79. Partly cloudy Sunday night with a low of 60. Monday, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. It's time now for a weekly feature called This or That. Kath, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I feel the need to go first. All righty. Okay. Number one, John. Mm. Labor Day or Memorial Day? Oh, uh, Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. But because it is Labor Day, I ask you these questions. Yes. Burger or dog? Burger. Mm-hmm. Gas grill or charcoal? Gas. Really? Grilled potatoes or potato chips? Oh, grilled potatoes. Really? Yeah. Such a surprise today. Mm -hmm. Labor Day party at a lake or Labor Day party in the mountains? Labor Day party at a lake. Badminton or bocce? Oh, uh, uh, badminton. Picnic or eat on the front porch? Picnic. And John, falling under the heading of things you can't imagine right now, two weeks after shoulder replacement surgery. <laughs> yeah. I give you these. Okay. Hang laundry outside mm. or pole or pole vault. <laughs> well, I'd like to pole vault. Give me I'll let me try that. Okay. Someday. Kayak or shot put? <laughs> Just to think of that. Uh, let me try the shot put. Left handed. Mm. And lastly, swim yep. the butterfly or water ski. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I used to love to water ski. I, was, I, like, to, I like to, someday I want to water ski again. Who knows? Holy heck. All right. All right that's that's your this or that. Okay. I, I'm kind of running a little couple different themes there with you. Okay. Uh, this or that for me. Uh, blooming flowers, falling leaves. Oh, blooming flowers. Mm-hmm. Dinner on your porch. Dinner at the porch. Oh, that's good. I'm going to go dinner out the porch. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin, Chuck Knoll. 
I'm, I, this is an unpopular choice, but I'm going Tomlin. I thought you might. Niswa salad, Cobb salad. <gasps> A difficult choice to make. Mm-hmm. I say Niswa. Very nice. Linen, flannel. Linen. Yes. Mm. Count Basie, Duke Ellington. Count Basie. Genesis, Revelation. I thought you meant the band. Nope. <laughs> um, Revelation. Memorial Day, Labor Day. Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Class president, team captain. <laughs> How am I supposed to pick that? <laughs> I mean, I have to say, I have to say, I have to say team captain because I'm anti-politics right now. All right. Falling down the basement steps, <laughs> kidney stones. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'll take the trip down the basement steps. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. This or that. That is the September 4th edition 2020 here on The Ride Home. Hey, stick around next. We're going to talk about the setting sin. Speaking of this or that, it's next on The Ride Home with Johnny Cathy. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Cochran and Company. Who can? Who am I by Need to Breathe? And I Need a Ghost by Brandon Lake. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Where are we headed? Globalism? A new world order? A singular government power? If we yield over and decide that America is not unique, it's not special, it's not extraordinary, we no longer are the United States of America. We're just a piece of a bigger government. And what about prophecy? Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, the world after Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024, with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and yours truly, Eric Metaxas. The Messiah will not arrive on Air Force One. Watch Trump 2024, the world after Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Go to SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024. That's SalemNow.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. 
In his new book, Forgotten Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. Forgotten Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Frederica Matthews Green is with us. She's one of our favorite guests. We first found Frederica from her book, The Jesus Prayer, The Ancient Desert Prayer That Tunes the Heart to God. Her newest book is called Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an an introduction to Eastern Christianity. Frederica, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Yeah, hi, John. It's good to be with you guys again. Here Always we are at Labor Day weekend. What a change from last year, Labor Day, huh? Oh, my Oh, my gosh. goodness gracious. Please. Oh, <laughs> yes. Frederica, uh, I want you to define a term, a, a classic uh, Christian term from history, besetting sin. Oh, <laughs> yes, besetting sin. It's kind of old-fashioned language, but it means a sin that is so persistent in your life it kind of it kind of rules over you and no matter how much you try to quit or stop it or resist it it always seems to get the upper hand hmm. i think most most christians have probably non-christians have something like that in their life that they feel um probably ashamed of and discouraged about because maybe they try and try they would really like to offer a a, a purer life to God as God's instrument in this world, but this besetting sin just keeps coming back at them. Yes, always the thorn in the side. So, Frederica, Ooh. tell us a story. Uh, do you know someone um, that you can share about a besetting yeah. sin? Yes, yes. Um, this is a story that I recently learned, um, and it comes from a very beloved 20th century he died in 1994, not that long ago, whose name was Elder Paisios, P-A-I-S-I-O-S, Paisios. Anyway, he told this story about a monk in his monastery in Greece. Um, he said that this monk, when he came to the monastery, he was an alcoholic. He drank a lot, and he got drunk every day. And he confessed this to the elder Um, and said, I don't seem to have any control over this sin. I've tried to resist it so many ways. And he finally got to the end of his life. He was still getting drunk. It was a scandal to anyone who came to the monastery. And um, finally he died. And that is when his elder felt free to tell the story about this monk. Uh, The story began in when this monk was born early in the 20th century in Asia Minor, at a time during the Greek genocide. We've heard about the Armenian genocide. We've heard more about that. Um, This was very similar. It was just taking place among Greeks who lived in Asia Minor. And the Turks were particularly rounding up Greek boys, the sons in Greek families. They especially liked them ages 8 to 10. And they would abduct them. And so... When this child was born, a little boy, 
um, when his parents went out to work in the fields, they would put alcohol in his baby bottle so that he would drink it and get sleepy and not cry so the Turks would not hear him and come investigate and maybe confiscate him and take him away. So that was the tragedy that this, as a baby, he got used to drinking alcohol every day and being in an alcoholic stupor continuously. When he came to the monastery and he told the abbot all about that, the abbot said, do two things. First, pray, pray, pray for strength. Keep asking God to give you the strength to resist. And the monk said, yes, but I've tried to resist. And the abbot said, well, just do this. How many, how many glasses do you drink every day? The monk said, about 20. And the abbot said, okay, try to make it 19. Just try to make 19 for a while. And gradually, he was able to continually reduce from 19 to 18 to 17, still getting drunk every day to the day he died. But by then, he was down to just two or three glasses every day. And that's just such a beautiful story of how God, God accepts our attempts to resist sin. And there's a beautiful quote here. I said it was uh, Elder Paisios told the story. Um, Elder Paisios says, The person that is struggling to the best of his abilities, who has no desire to live a disorderly life, but who, in the course of the struggle for faith and life, falls and rises again and again, that person God will never abandon. And if he has the slightest desire not to grieve God, he will go to paradise with his shoes on. The benevolent God will surprisingly push him into paradise. God will ensure that he takes him at the best, in repentance. He might have to struggle all his life, but God will not abandon him. He will take him at the best possible time. So I love that story, and I love that quote. All of us have some kind of sin that we feel like it's, you know, got its arms around our neck, and it's so hard to resist. But if we try to resist, that's what God is looking for, a a heart that desires to serve him and to please him. Yes, and Frederica, I I think that's the key, right? I mean, for many people in that situation, whether, you know, it's addiction of one form or another or whatever, whatever that besetting sin is, at some point, people kind of go, well, I, I just surrender to it, or that's just who I am. That's part of me. But it's the struggle and that always continual coming back to God that really makes the difference. It really does. Uh, there's uh, another story about a desert father called John the Dwarf. John the Dwarf. Um, he prayed so long and so hard that after a while he didn't have any temptations. And his elders said, pray that the temptations will return to you because otherwise there's no crown. If you struggle against your sins, that teaches you humility, that teaches you gratitude to God. It earns you that crown in heaven. If you have no temptations, then there's no struggle going on. Mm. So we should look at our sins this way. You know, God knows that we're going to fall. It's like a mother who's teaching her child to walk. She puts him down and she goes across the room and holds her arms up. She knows he's going to fall down. You know, she's not disappointed. And it's the same with us. God knows we're going to fall down many times, but he will scoop us up. He will forgive us. He just wants us to keep trying. Mm. 
Frederica Matthews Green with us, wide-ranging author. Her work's appeared all over the place in uh, periodicals, in magazine publications, and online. She's the author of Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an Introduction to Eastern Christianity. Uh, Frederica, tell me how you think you draw the line between um, recognizing that God is faithful and merciful um, and gracious to us, and then we look at ourselves and think, you know what, this has been going on long enough. Like we have to learn to live as people who act like they know Jesus as opposed to living like the rest of the world. Yes, yes, we should never be self-indulgent. We can never permit sin. It's, that's, that would be totally the opposite of what this viewpoint is. It's that we continue to struggle against it. Recognizing that we're sinners makes us humble, and you keep fighting. If you stop fighting, then you lose. So you fall down and you get up again, over and over, as many times as necessary. I, I think one thing from um, the Orthodox theology that's a little different in the West is we see sin as a sickness as sickness unto death, and to participate in sin, to to willingly sin, is beginning to die. And so it's an illness, it's a sickness that should be repulsive to us. If we want to live, then we have to struggle against sin, but uh, falling can be good for us because it makes us more humble. There's such a, it's like riding a bicycle on a precipice. You've got to not fall off one side or the other. The love of God and great humility will guide you. Into that, Frederica, talk to us for a second about um, your prayer life, because you know we found you through the Jesus Prayer, which Kath and I both love. What, what in your life are you praying for lately? Mm, gosh, I'm, I've got uh, fourteen grandchildren, so <laughs> I'm praying a lot for <laughs> wow. them and for their yes, yes, ranging from three to twenty. Um, wow. I, I feel like we're headed towards some bad times. I'm just worried about the state of the country. There's so much more, not just po- polarity, but, but violence and destruction. And it's, it's so close under the surface in human beings that we can hate each other or, yes. or hurt each other. You know, violence can be just a moment away. So I feel like my, my grandchildren who are Christians who are growing up in this world, it's going to be harder for them. Um, I often say, kind of ironically, that I'm glad I'm old because I won't have to be around here to see all the all the things that are going to happen. Right. Except that I know that God is with us no matter what. If you think of like a round clock, like the face of a clock, and is the is the hand going down to six, like when under the Roman persecution in the first century, or is it going up? to the 1950s when everybody was nominally Christian. Where are we in that? Maybe we can't tell, but God is at the center. Yeah. Frederica Matthews Green. Frederica, thank you for being here today. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. Always a pleasure. Listen, uh, do yourself a favor. Find The Jesus Prayer. This is a book that we love. The Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that tunes the heart to God. Frederica Matthews Green. We're uh, underway, so stay with us. It's the Friday edition of The Ride Home here on Word FM.
If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. No one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. Hi, this is John Hall, telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee mypillow.com. Save 30%, use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's mypillow.com, promo code WORD or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about MyPillow, 800-391-0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit Planning a vacation can be a lot of fun, but preparing for retirement, not so much. It's confusing. That's where Kevin Bach can help, showing you how to generate retirement income, how to choose a good Social Security claiming strategy, and how to help minimize your tax obligations. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553. Kevin Bach is not affiliated with the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach, PA Insurance License Number 352896. You are in the middle of nowhere. No one knows where you are. And it's going to stay that way. When his country abandoned him for sharing his beliefs, his freedom became her mission. Inspired by true events, don't miss Infidel, the new heart-racing political thriller starring Jim Caviezel. After being kidnapped in the Middle East, one man must hold on to his faith to survive, and his wife must find the courage to never stop fighting for him. See Infidel only in theaters September 18th. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. news from the state of Mississippi. We talked about this last week on our program that uh, Mississippi finally decided, I don't know, maybe four or six weeks ago to uh, take the Confederate battle flag off of their state flag. And uh, they're going to put together, they've been putting together a list of the, the possibilities for their final choice going forward. And all of the electorate in Mississippi will vote on that on election day. Um, the word comes that the Magnolia may replace the old Confederate symbol in in the new Mississippi flag. If you've ever traveled anywhere down south in the Mississippi region or Louisiana or Alabama, the magnolias are like as big as my head. Listen, my apartment in Bloomfield had a southern magnolia tree in front of the house which miraculously somehow survives these winters. I can't and it's exactly that. as you say. Kath, 
They're they're like three feet wide. They are and the so. The scent is incredible. This, oh my gosh, the smell is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I was in New Orleans the last time in the maybe the it was either late August, early September. Oh. I seriously, I got out of the cab and I was like, "What is, what that? is that smell?" Southern I mean, it Magnolia's. is fabulous. Anyway, it so good is. news for the brothers and sisters in Mississippi. Very nice. And this today, there's a lot of consternation. You know, the uh, Kentucky Derby is running tomorrow. Of course, all sporting events were delayed. But um, it looks as though my old Kentucky home will be played at the 146th Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Uh, The song, My Old Kentucky Home, uh, will not include the lyrics, just played um, on a trumpet song written in 1853 by Stephen Foster, of course, well-known here in the city of Pittsburgh. It is the Kentucky Slaves' Lament about being sold down the river. And, of course, the song was controversial for, for many, many years. So this year, the song will be played sans lyrics. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back after a news update. We've got much more ahead. Five o'clock we hour. Are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A police union leader says the officers involved in the suffocation death of Daniel Prude in Rochester, New York, were just following their training. When they put a hood over his head and pinned him to the ground for two minutes before noticing he wasn't breathing. He says the officers were in a difficult position trying to help someone who appeared to have mental illness. He says they didn't intend to harm Prude. The U.S. unemployment rate fell sharply in August from 8.4 to 10.2 percent. The Labor Department says employees added 1.4 million jobs. The stock market ending a second day of turbulent trading with more losses but managed to recoup some lost ground by the end of the day. The Dow had actually moved into positive territory in the last hour before the closing bell. The Dow did drop 159 points. The Nasdaq was off 144. This is SRN News. Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. A 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. 
We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patients' safety and our team members' safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. If we've learned anything during these turbulent times, it's that all human life has intrinsic value, worthy of love, care, and protection, and that includes life in the womb. That's why at this pivotal time, Focus on the Family is standing up to help the world see life. Join the movement to end abortion and love every heartbeat. Text HEARTBEAT to 72000. That's the word HEARTBEAT to 72000. Learn more at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash life. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Tonight, mainly clear with a low 51. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high 78. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 58. Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 79. Partly cloudy Sunday night with a low of 60. Monday, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, 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 we have uh, entered into a new day, seemingly, here in the state of Pennsylvania, where yesterday, uh, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolfe and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman have urged the Pennsylvania State General Assembly to take up the legalization of recreational marijuana. Um, apparently, the governor is saying this is an economic boost that Pennsylvania cannot pass up, especially during these COVID times when the coffers are empty here in the state of Pennsylvania. They believe, John Fetterman and the governor, that the uh, boom, the boom of marijuana will provide much needed money for the coffers. Forget about the social, oh the gosh. spiritual aspects of it all. It looks as though they're full steam ahead. It's no surprise. I mean, if you follow John Fetterman and his mayoral um, ride through uh, Braddock, uh, he really sort of rose to prominence based upon that, that promise. And it looks like he has brought that to the, uh, the state governor's mansion. Boy, I think it's a giant mistake. I think I really it's going to happen. These are all the same promises, John, they made to us when they legalized gambling. Right. It was all the yeah. same thing, right? Yeah, where'd the getting, money go? Right, where so so now gambling wasn't enough. Gambling was going to solve every fiscal problem that the state of Pennsylvania had. Right. Now we've had gambling for what nine years or something like that. Now, but we now we need something else because we need to solve. Look, it's just it's a bad idea. I've got friends, John, that live in uh, Colorado. I can't tell you how many stories I have heard from them about just general societal 
decline. Just this is pre this is be, this is pre COVID, but just yeah, drift is is a good word for it. It's just there publicly there are just there's a lot of vagrancy. There's a lot of just sitting around. I I was in Portland a couple years ago and I couldn't believe how, and I enjoyed Portland. I think Portland in a lot of ways is a fun city, but not anymore. I've got to tell you, and this is way before there was COVID, way before there were protests, there were people sleeping all over the streets of Portland. Yeah. You name it, everywhere, John. And this was this was like right at noon on a Thursday. This is the middle of a work day. I, I just think it's a horrible idea. Last year, I read a book by Alex Berenson called uh, Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. Uh, Alex Berenson's wife is a prosecutor. I can't remember what city she works in, um, but she was basically at home one day and started telling him about how many of her clients were affected in a violent way by marijuana how much mental illness had come as a result of marijuana or marijuana use or had been exacerbated by marijuana use how much violent crime our cities are experiencing only because of this drug that now our governor is saying we should really get into because we could use the cash right and that's always the thing about marijuana people say well it doesn't have any ill effects well that's just kidding me that's complete falsehood listen do you know anybody who has been a long-term marijuana user i think we all i think we all know that of course there are tons of long-term effects long-term effects of course kidding me but you know i think you know pandora's box is open and they see other states reaping you know the economic benefits so so it's an economic benefit at the at what expense yes societal i don't know well, if the governor and the lieutenant governor are on board, it surprises me. I, I really, you know, uh, Governor Wolf, uh, he is certainly a, a mixed bag of social norms that uh, have become full stream, full steam here. Uh, but if it's on the table, I can't imagine that soon and very soon no, listen, it's going to be reality. There, there are going to be a ton of people, and I'm just going to ally myself with that side and say I am 100% against the legalization of recreational Amen. marijuana. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think it's good for any of us. It is not good for the state of Pennsylvania. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so let's take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk with Dr. Marilyn McIntyre about plagues and epidemics in literature. What can we learn from those who have gone before us? Stick around. Oh, what time is it, Kath? (gasps) I'm so glad you reminded me. It's time for me to tell you. Yes. Your weekend has begun. Fabulous. It's nine minutes past the five o'clock hour. Your Labor Day weekend. Long Labor Day weekend. All is right and well. Thanks for being along. Okay, we got Marsha. All right, so it's Labor Day. Wouldn't it be nice to take a little ride into the country and stop and have something delicious to eat? Well, we've got a nice big hint for you. The Spring House. Marsha's here from the Spring House. Marsha, always on Labor Day, you're doing that gorgeous barbecue chicken. This year, no different, right? Yes, exactly. Times have changed, but we still have to eat good food, right? (laughs) Yes. So we're going to be barbecuing our chicken. Uh, They're big, plump chicken quarters over the open pit outside. Um, Josh is going to get the milking done and then hustle over here and get that chicken barbecue going. And we uh, marinate it like every five minutes with our secret butter vinegar sauce. And it's uh, nice and crispy on the outside. 
super moist and flavorful inside. And then, and then they'll run it into us and we'll have all kinds of yummy side dishes like corn pudding, cabbage and noodles, Alabama vegetable casseroles, hand-filled mashed potatoes. We'll also have hot roast beef that day too. And we have a meal deal. It's ten ninety five. It's a barbecue chicken quarter and two hot sides. Um, your choice. And so it should be a fun, busy day. And, you know, at the auction right across the road, they have a really big flea market on this day every year. So a Whoa. lot of people like to come there and check out the flea market, maybe even stay for some of the auction to buy a little chicken or a little bunny. And then <laughs> and then head on over here and have a good lunch. And we'll have breakfast that day, too. So it That's nice. Be that sounds like a really good outing. So, uh, you know, if you've been COVID cooped up, why not go have a little fun and go to the flea market, then go have something great to eat at the Springhouse. Marsha, happy Labor Day to you. There is no rest for you, but uh, the chicken's always good. So thanks for doing that. <laughs> thanks, guys. 101.5 WORD. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music from Josh Baldwin. Evidence. Start right here from Casting Crown. It's gotta start right here. And Wake Up Sleeper from Austin French. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes are overweight or have high blood pressure term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-555-2085 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-555-2085 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's like you he's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Where the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit e ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Well, as weird as these times are, and truly, they are truly, truly weird, the good news is there have been others who have gone before us and have suffered through some of the same things that we're suffering through right now. Well, Dr. Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Dr. McIntyre is a regular guest on our show. She's the author of many books, which we love, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing where scripture gives you pause. Her latest is speaking peace in a climate of conflict. But today, Dr. McIntyre is here to talk to us about plagues and epidemics in literature. Marilyn, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. 
So Marilyn, one of the things that's given me hope since the COVID-19 era started is the fact that people have lived through situations like this before, circumstances like this before. Um, And I'm sure based on your knowledge and what you've taught, you recognize a lot more of those stories than I do. So tell us, have, have these stories also given you a sense of confidence? Well, they really have. I mean, it's not that that this particular epidemic doesn't have some unique features, but if you look at medical history, which is a really interesting way to look at history, every single century of recorded history has had significant plagues or epidemics Hmm. or pandemics, and all of them have generated their own body of stories. So there's a whole history of human suffering and literature and strategies of coping and um, and they cover all the genres. Some of them are comedy and some of them are, of course, tragedies and some are memoirs. So it's really rich material for um, getting some perspective on what we're going through. Really? So um, off the top of my head, I mean, I can only think of, and I don't know if this is Love in the Time of Cholera. I mean, is that a mm-hmm. pandemic book? Sure. Yeah. And in, and. In that one and in many others, the, the disease is kind of a backdrop that the events of the book take place in a context of disease. And for instance, in many countries in the world, malaria is just a constant. The, the word for that is that it's endemic, and in some place, I mean, which means that there's, it's normally there. It's just always around. Mm. And then there are some diseases that are hyperendemic, like malaria in Sub-Saharan Africa is always there, and it's always mm-hmm. there in pretty dire numbers. So we have been really blessed in this country with a kind of with a period, a window of history when we've been relatively free of many of these diseases. We due to antibiotics, partly due to wealth, but um, but everybody's susceptible. So I think it's valuable to look at how people have have told those stories. Some other examples are that obviously the plagues in Exodus, the the word plague comes up 240 some times in scripture. And there are many stories about leprosy, which was endemic in the Middle East. And um, Oedipus starts in a plague and the Iliad starts with a plague Mm. and Boccaccio's Decameron starts with a plague and takes place in a plague. And then um, Edgar Allan Poe wrote Mask of the Red Death. And we have um, Daniel Defoe's Journal of a Plague Year about the Great Plague in London mm. in the 17th century. So there's a lot of this material. And of course, many people in college have read Albert Camus' book called The Plague, yes. which is really a kind of allegory for our time. And he, he likens, I mean, it's been read as a sort of allegory of the spread of Nazism. So there's always a dimension of political history and um you know, these questions about how we reorganize ourselves socially in a time of public health crisis always comes up in these stories. Hmm. Okay, so what can we gain? What type of perspective can you think of from, you know, name one of those books that's helped you in this current context? Well, I'll, I'll say that some patterns that recur in most of them are that um, there's always a question about how people are using their power. So people from kings to city council will have to decide how much information did the people get. They don't want to alarm or panic people. Uh, so how much information should come from the people in power? That's one thing. At the beginning, 
Oedipus, the priest and the king, are sort of having a conversation on behalf of the people. And so I would say that as we watch the day-to-day conversations that are so fraught coming out of Congress, we have to be aware that even if we are still living in a representative democracy, a lot of us are depending on people using their power appropriately. So one thing is that when people say don't politicize it, I think, well, that's not really a question. There is a political dimension to every public health crisis. Public health policy is a political matter. The other thing is that there's always a theological dimension to these stories, going all the way back to people believing or imagining that God inflicted it as a punishment, and that theory is still around, or that God allows these things for God's own purposes, like in the story of God hardening Pharaoh's heart, or that, um, you know, the appealing to God gives people a particular understanding of what it is to walk through this valley of the shadow. And in many of these stories, the, the heroes that emerge are people in religious life or people who are willing to face death with others and for others. And like in Camus' story, the doctor has a choice whether he's going to stay with the quarantined city or leave because his wife is outside, and he chooses chooses to stay with the people. So what is my duty? What do we owe to each other? These really basic moral and social questions come up each time, and I just find it heartening that that human beings have risen to these moments with remarkable invention. Every single plague comes out with technological um, shifts and new kind of awareness of how to um, manage our life together and uh, what we do to care for the sick. So a lot of the things that have been normal come up for re-examination. And so so it's time for that re-examination. That's not a bad thing. No, right? I mean, it's it's a necessary thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, you know, amidst all the horror that uh, all the different pieces of literature, whether it's the Bible or Camus or whatever, there's always slices of beauty mingled in with the horror of the death and destruction on society and, and people's lives. Absolutely. And actually, there's a poem that I want to recommend since there's no time to look it up and read it with you. But it's a little poem that came out, I think, in March by a contemporary poet. Lynn Unger called Pandemic. And it's beautiful. And it's just, it's almost like a prayer. It's, an, it's a summoning to think of this as a time to draw back and reflect and be gentle with each other. And it's a kind of Sabbath that if we don't get to go to work mm. and we don't have to go to work and we have to slow down and stay home, that there might be something we can reap from that. Mm-hmm. I've loved that poem over the last months. Huh. So, yeah, I think it brings forth beauty, as you say, for people to face suffering in new ways. And I think we're also held captive to our current, because we have so much information right now, whether it's on a social media news feed or we're watching, you know, cable news or we're, you know, following our favorite news app. I feel like I'm drowning in current thought. And so 
taking a step back and investing time into reading something ancient or even something not mm-hmm. so ancient, but not something that's contemporary to me has been helpful. Yes. You know, one of the ancient stories that's a good one for all kinds of reasons is in Second Kings chapter 5, the story of Naaman, or Naaman, however you say mm-hmm. it. But he's the Syrian king who, who gets leprosy, goes to his king who appeals to the Israelite king. And so there are lots of elements in the story where the, this powerful man who succumbs to the disease has to humble himself and cross borders and boundaries and listen to the words of a captive Israelite girl who has no authority at all, but she sends him to the prophet and the prophet heals him and the prophet won't take any money. So each element of the story, I think, is a wonderful place to for reflecting on what's an appropriate response to this having to face death together. I think one thing that's hard right now is that so many of us who are in a place of some privilege can, it's tiresome, but we are at home and we are doing what we do from home and we're fairly comfortable and it's easy to forget the numbers and how many people are actually dying of this thing every day. Mm. I don't think we should forget that. (laughs) Yeah. We're not on the front lines. It's easy to be sequestered. Like like you said, if we're privileged to do so, we're speaking with Dr. Marilyn McIntyre. She is an author of many wonderful books. Uh, She's also teaching and writing about plagues and epidemics in literature. Marilyn, uh, I'd be really curious to look at your your core syllabus because um, I wonder how many different books you're pulling from, books and plays that you have at your fingertips that you're engaged with. (laughs) Well, they're about, I'm doing parts of many books, but the probably eight or nine actual whole texts and then a couple of recent films. It's funny, over the past decade, there have been films called Contagion and a film called Virus and a film mm-hmm, called, right. um, you know, con- a Pandemic. There's a whole series yes. called Pandemic. But, um, yeah, there, and the band played on is a big book about the HIV AIDS epidemic. And, sure. um, and I mentioned Camus. And, oh, there's a, there's a very widely read story called Pale Horse, Pale Rider about the 1918 flu epidemic or pandemic that killed well over 20 million people, I think. So, and that epidemic has really served as a kind of model for this one. People wore masks, people were out of work. We had some really similar patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it followed in the wake of a war. And I think the relationship of epidemics to warfare has been an important one to look at because the more people move around, especially in wartime, the more they bring back kind of exotic diseases that people don't have, um, don't have immunity to. So, and, and I think the other thing that comes up, as I said, there's always a theological dimension. It changes the way people pray. There's a character in Camus' story, The Plague, a, a Catholic priest named Father Panelou, who preaches a sermon toward the beginning of the story about God inflicting punishment. It's a kind of hellfire and damnation sermon about the plague as a punishment on you people. And then he watches a child die and several things happen to him that just break open his heart. And he preaches another sermon in the later half of the book that's all about compassion and suffering with those who are suffering. 
it's such a shift of perspective and it's quite beautiful to see that arc of development in that character. So this kind of little conversion experience is happening in these stories too. Yeah. Suffering brings well, something out in people. Yeah. We're, we always appreciate you being here because you give us a different perspective. And especially at a moment like this, where I said, it just seems to be that we're surrounded on all sides by people who have an opinion about now, about this exact second. Boy, it's mm-hmm. good to hear something different. Uh, Marilyn McIntyre, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure. Dr. Marilyn McIntyre's latest book is Speaking Peace in a Climate of Conflict. Let us take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about two-thirds of Americans say that they will not get the COVID-19 vaccine when it comes out. So says a recent poll. Heaven help us. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. In these COVID pandemic times, everything is up for grabs. It feels as though there's no mooring, there's no strength, there's no center point. Everything has changed, especially when you think about going back to school, whether your child's in elementary school or junior high, high school, and deeply, college. Everything has changed. That's why... Kath and I have great confidence in Grove City College. School will open. Students will be on campus this fall at Grove City College. And our confidence is knowing that Grove City is prepared and ready to do the right thing as the students show up. Right, Kath? That's the hard thing, John, is, you know, every school district, every private school is trying to figure out what the best thing to do is, right, and how to keep the kids safe. And I think you make a good point when you say, you know what, so much is up for grabs right now. So you have to come back to who you really have the confidence and who's shown you up to this point that they're trustworthy so that in uncertain times you can say, okay, I remember what you've been like in the past. I'm going to trust you going forward. And that's where we are with Grove City. They've done an excellent job communicating with us as parents. We're looking forward to our kids going back and we're looking forward to being as supportive as we possibly can as parents. A deep dive into a quality education with Jesus in the center. Grove City College online, gcc.edu. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. 
Tonight, mainly clear with a low 51. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high 78. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 58. Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 79. Partly cloudy Sunday night with a low of 60. Monday, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. More than two-thirds of Americans said that they will not get a vaccine for the coronavirus once one becomes available. A poll published today by PBS NewsHour uh, said that um, more than 70% of Americans would not receive the vaccine. Health officials report more than, um, well, seven-plus million cases of the virus in the U.S., and uh, 180,000-plus deaths have been attributed to COVID-19. So the poll breaks down to people with college degrees are more likely than those without to elect to receive the vaccine, mm-hmm. 72% compared to 53%. Democrats are also more likely than the oh Republican counterpart to say that they would get the vaccine once it is available, 71% compared to 48%. Men at 64% are more likely than women at 56% to say they will get the vaccine. And... Um, 18 to 29-year-olds, as well as people 60 and older, are the most likely age group, with 66% saying that they would be willing to receive Mm -hmm. the vaccine. Yeah, that makes sense. I just hate the fact that it's broken down on political lines. That is so silly. Well, again, it's a poll, right? So take it as you may. Right, right. Okay. So, I I mean, of course, I would 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 take it. Yes, I would would, would take the vaccine. However. I'm going to get it. However. If there is an impression that the government gives that this is being rushed because of the election. Oh, no. What do you mean? Oh, no. Right. The, right I think right, that, I agree. Then yeah. then all of a sudden I might change my mind. Of course. Well, you know, because they're saying, well, it could be available November 2nd. Well, that, that's not going to happen, first right. of all. Right. And if it's a political football, then why would you bother to engage in something like that? That's just crazy. Well, you know, who's you know, the people who are running, right? Yes, I do. So. I don't know. I mean, look, okay. So if if it becomes available, say in December or January or February, Kathy, you're saying yes. Yes. Mike, are you saying yes or no? No, it's too early. Too early. No, I, I, it's for them to create a vaccine this fast. It it scares me. It's kind of scary to me. All right. I'm going to say yes. So here we are. We're sitting in our spare rooms, Kath and I. So when are we coming back to work? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that well we are working it's not like we're not we working. working yes pretty of course sure every single day i'm working so but when do but, we come back to seven parkway centers yeah guess, that you know, right that i don't know right? yeah, i yeah. do not know all right coming up next it is our weekly feature the week in review john and i take a look back over the last seven days talk about the highs and lows the stuff that maybe you've forgotten a lot of stuff i wish i could forget <laughs> Over, these, over this last week. So stay with us. The Friday edition, the Labor Day edition of The Ride Home. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Josh Baldwin. Evidence. Start right here from Casting Crown. It's gotta start right here. 
Wake Up Sleeper from Austin French. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend, right now, savings count more than ever. So what if you could unlock extra savings on any project? With an extra 5% off all eligible purchases using the Lowe's Advantage card, you can. From an extra 6 bucks off sanding that deck to saving another 75 on that new fridge. The extra savings make every project even better. Last year, cardholders saved over $300 million. Join them and start your next project with a Lowe's Advantage card. Subject to credit approval. Exclusions apply. See storelowes.com for details. U.S. only. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we have voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote. It's Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale. Hurry in and save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more. And save up to 50% on select mattresses from our top-rated brands, like Sealy and more. Shop in-store, online, or by phone today. Don't wait. Only at Mattress Firm's Labor Day Sale. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Some products only available online. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. You are in the middle of nowhere. No one knows where you are. And it's going to stay that way. On September 18th, don't miss Infidel, the new heart-pounding political thriller inspired by true events. Infidel tells the story of one man's incredible journey of faith and survival after being kidnapped in the Middle East and his wife's courage to never give up on him. When his country abandoned him, his freedom became her mission. Starring Jim Caviezel. See Infidel only in theater September 18th. New message. Your social security number has been suspended. If you do not contact us, your account will be deactivated. Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? Well, from my perspective, at least in the last day or so, of course, uh, the top of the news cycle has been the president and his uh, supposed remarks disparaging the war dead. Uh, The article that was published yesterday in The Atlantic, of course, the president vehemently denies those remarks. There are those, of course, of unnamed sources, four-plus people, and it's become this gigantic political football. I'd say that's what people are talking about. Gap? I think the uh, average person, especially who has little kids, is talking about back to school. Um, people who are trying to figure out what the heck they are going to do having their kids at home, having to work through what, who knows for how long. I mean, it just like contemplating it for all of you with little kids. God love you. I mean, I just... I. And I just ask every school district administrator to do the very best you possibly can Please. for all these moms and dads. What was a conversation that made you think? We talked with Pastor Bill Glaze, who is a, a regular guest on our show, who's got a church in Homewood about Black Lives Matter. 
And that's, of course, a very contentious, um, what, subject uh, area in uh, American life. Black Lives Matter, the organization versus Amagio Day, the uh, image of God in all of us. And Bill brought it. And he did not worry about hurting feelings or upsetting anyone. He is not on board with the politics, but he is certainly on board with the sanctity of all black lives, which I think is a good way to put it. I think it's important to say that uh, Bill is African-American himself. Yes. Which certainly, I don't know, gives him a totally different platform, totally different perspective than either you or I, which is why it was such a good segment. Um, The segment I thought of, John, was uh, Wednesday at 5.05. It was a conversation you and I had had about uh, the Wall Street Journal article, so we're all awkward now. (laughs) Chronicling how people have responded to being quarantined for a long time, whether you're talking about uh, prisoners who've been in solitary confinement, or you're talking about people who've been on scientific expeditions that have gone on for six months or more, and they've been separated from humanity, what it's like when they get back together, when they kind of come back into a uh, roiling civilization, how difficult it is. Boy, I'll tell you, John, that was an eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, it made me think, which was the point of the article, that when COVID-19 is over and we all go back to what we were doing before, we're not going to be the same. No, we, we personally, we have changed ourselves forever in some strange way. And what will that look like? Who knows? Next. What did you eat? What did I eat? Okay, so I've been <laughs> uh, up with this shoulder thing now for a little over two weeks. And a, my wife's good, good friend, a lovely woman by the name of Erin Patsko, came to our house with this gigantic tray of these beautiful chicken with rice and fresh veggies. She also had a loaf of homemade bread and a loaf of delicious zucchini bread. And I've been eating that. So kudos to Erin Patsko and her great kindness and generosity. That's a beautiful thing that's in my stomach. Oh, wow. I love that. Well, as John's been recuperating from shoulder replacement surgery, I had myself a kidney stone. (laughs) And so I didn't want to eat anything. No, I I was not. I haven't been hungry for a week. However, the other night I was so hacked off. This was, uh, it was Tuesday night. I was so sick of the whole thing. I just, I was so over it. It was 1140 PM and I found a box of Oreos in my pantry. People, Mm. I hit it hard. Of course you did. I did. Mm-hmm. Were they my double husband, stuffed? Uh, they were. My mm-hmm. husband was so concerned about me because I'd been in so much pain earlier in the evening that he he went, you know, he goes to sleep at like nine o'clock. Yeah. Uh, he came down to check on me because he was really concerned. And there I was <laughs> like shoving Oreos in my mouth. It's like, you know, almost midnight. Yeah. Well, if the Never. medicine works, take the medicine. Right? Whatever. Next. What did you watch? I've been watching and I love this so much live the tour de France and it starts every morning at 7:30 on NBC sports. It's at least on my channel on cable channel 590. It is fabulous. The tour de France has been running since 1903 and it's the top bicycle riders from around the world in France. And so they cover this beautiful thing from a helicopter, from motorcycles, these guys in some stretches, they're going 60 miles an hour on bicycles, like literally three inches apart. They are flying around bends. There's abandoned castles in this beautiful French countryside. Do yourself a favor 
and check out the Tour de France. Today was stage seven out of 21. It's a three-week race over 2,100 miles. It is beautiful, exciting, psychologically torture as well. The Tour de France. Check it out on TV. Oh, wow. That's a great recommendation. Um, I decided to invest myself in uh, American Crime Story, which is the uh, you know highly lauded uh, award-winning program that is uh, just about to come out in its third season. Its first season was The People versus O.J. Simpson. The second mm-hmm. one is the Gianni Versace thing. And then the one that's about to come out is the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky story. Uh, anyway, I don't even know what to say about it. I just, I'm, I'm so into it. I think I'm five episodes in at this point. It stars uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and John Travolta and uh, Sarah Paulson, Courtney Vance. I mean, it is so epically fascinating. I I, there's so many things I did not know. So many things I'd for, that I did know that I'd forgotten about the OJ story. And I think what I love most is they are unflinching about giving a rough, rough perspective on everybody. Hmm. I mean, nobody escapes. Nobody escapes in this. I mean, it is really, I mean, all of us as Americans are indicted in this thing and it is just fabulous. Anyway, American crime story. What hacked you off? What hacked me off? Apparently in this new woke world we're living in, signing off with the salutation of best, best is now considered hostile. What fresh hell is this? If you say best, you are now considered to be meaningless, off-putting, curt, impersonal. It kind of implies that you want the receiver to be hit by a truck. Others believe that best implies that the sender didn't have the time to finish their thought or simply just didn't care enough. As best is an adjective, sending it alone apparently makes no sense and should instead be followed by another word or word regardless, like best wishes. So now best is somehow inflammatory. We are woke to the nth degree. I, I, I hate everybody and everything. That's horrible. I yes. can't, you, you've ruined it. Uh, the thing that hacked me off that I just can't seem to get over is the scandal at Liberty University with Jerry Falwell and his mm. wife. And I just can't. I just can't. I'm so over. I can't. I'm so over Christian leaders who act like adolescents. I'm so over people who are, you know, trying to, you know, say that they follow Jesus and have absurdly immoral personal lives. I just can't. I'm just, I don't want to hear one more story about it. I support the full investigation of Liberty. I hope that the the college can move forward and I hope we don't have to hear about him ever again. What was the best news you heard this week? Best news? Kathy's kidney stone has passed. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never met it, never seen it, don't want to, but that baby is gone forever. So thank goodness. Day 10, it left me. That's my good news too. (laughs) Unbelievable. Next. And in closing, you two have anything meaningful for us? I've been thinking about this. Um, This is, uh, I've been reading 1 Corinthians this week. And I came upon, you know how you read things and you kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read this. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 18, 23. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, mm. let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, 
He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world of life or death or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. I want to be a fool. I want to be a fool for God and get out of the way because the world is insane Mm -hmm. and give me rest and peace in being him and following in his love and grace and forgiveness. Wow. That's good. I've been thinking a lot about idol making and how we tend to put up things in our lives, whether it's our, I don't know, whether it's money or it's fame or career or it's health or, future or, you know, power, whatever it is that we make into an idol in our lives. Um, I've been reading uh, the last four or five days, Isaiah 44, over and over again. Um, This is one of my favorite passages in all of the scriptures. I'm going to read a a few verses of it here. Uh, God's telling a story and he says, a man cuts down cedars, or perhaps he takes a cypress or an oak, and he lets it grow among the trees of the forest. He planted a pine, the rain made it grow. And it's used as fuel for burning. And some of it he takes and warms himself and he kindles a fire and he bakes bread. And then he fashions a God and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. So half of the wood he burns in the fire and over it he prepares his meal and roasts his meat and eats his fill. But from the rest, he makes a God, his idol, and he bows down to it and he worships it. And then God says, they know nothing. They understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see and their minds closed so that they cannot understand. Nobody stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say, so half of it I used for fuel. I even baked bread over it. Shall I make a detestable thing from what's left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? Such a person feeds on ashes. A deluded heart misleads him. He cannot save himself or even say, is not this thing in my right hand a lie? And that's John and Cappy's Week in Review. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, 
high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit TermProvider.com. TermProvider.com. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit EKExcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at EKExcavation.com. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Greetings, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Sacred Addictions with over 27 years of recovery from multiple addictions. There's a saying in the recovery community, Meeting makers make it. And through our higher power, Jesus Christ, and implementing the 12 steps of recovery founded in the Word of God, you too will recover and heal. Why not join us at our meeting every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events like a date with my wife or going out together with my family and friends. Things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Vectix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www.vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. John, how often have we talked about what we owe to frontline workers, whether they're people who work in hospitals, physicians, nurses, phlebotomists, techs, you name it, people who work in the grocery store, people who pick up our garbage, you know, those people who haven't been able to stay home in quarantine, they've been out doing their thing because it's so important. Um, Well, what about the small business owner in America? These people have taken so many hits, you know, and 
it, the hits keep coming and there's no procedure. There's no protocol to follow for how to get your business up and going after it's been shut down once, twice, right, three right. times. There's a profile of a, um, of a company called Century Furniture, which is a fine furniture company in North Carolina. It was profiled in the Wall Street Journal today. And um, the title of the piece, in case you want to look at it, is A Furniture Maker's Five-Month Struggle with COVID. You can't really have a plan. Hmm. Listen, if you, if you need your eyes opened to what people have had to suffer in trying to keep people employed, trying to keep money coming in, trying to keep uh, health insurance going. This company has done such a wonderful job. And by wonderful, I don't mean that they've been perfect because they've made a ton of mistakes, but it's just the fact that they allowed the journal to get this deep into what they have done since COVID started. And they just showed the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like this is what we decided to do and it worked out really well. And then this happened. And then we decided to do this and it was a disaster. And then we, but I mean, listen, this is, I don't know how many employees they have. Maybe they have 300 employees or something. They've had to struggle so deeply to survive. And it just made me think about, you know, the local restaurants that are all around us or the local, you know, accounting firm or, you know, the place that makes curtains or the place that, you know, paints houses or whatever. I just, God bless all of you people who are trying to bring in a salary every day. And against all odds, you know, you're thinking I'm going to open up my restaurant again, regardless of what the governor says. And we're going to do it as long as we can until we get closed down. I mean, oh, gosh. Yeah. And I see this today that um, over 7,000 healthcare workers have died across the country. And of course, that's talking about front lines. Oh, my God. But then as you do say, you know, whether I did see the article, you know, you talk about, you know, people building couches and chairs and, you know, they're not trying to be heroes. They're just trying to, you know, live their lives and get a paycheck to support their family. So can you imagine how many hands are working on a piece of furniture? Right. I mean, one guy does this pass to the next person does that. I mean, I'm sure it's 30 or 40 different people who have some touch on something like that. So you would think if you've got COVID, that thing's going to spread pretty quickly in a closed confines of a factory. So God bless anybody out there just trying to make a paycheck and get through this crazy thing, this pandemic thing we're doing. Right. It made me think of the, of the people who are, you know, the upholsterers who are saying, I can't wear a mask. I am so hot and I can't see my glasses keep fogging up. I can't see to do the stitching right all the way up to the person who's saying, I don't know how we're going to afford our health insurance for our employees, you know, or I don't know how we're going to keep on selling tables when all the, the retailers who sell our tables aren't allowed to be open. You know, I mean, it's just, anyway, God bless all of you who are trying to keep small businesses going. Hey, uh, so uh, Labor Day is Monday, of course, you know that, and uh, we're fortunate we have the day off, so we're going to be running a best of show on Labor Day. We hope you tune in because we got some great guests lined up for that show. But as Labor Day is upon us, even in a weird way, and, and of course, the layers on top of this, Kath, you've been ill, I've been ill, right. I have absolutely zero plans for Labor Day. I, don't, yeah. I, I have nothing to do. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't particularly want to see anybody. I'm not even sure I want to eat anything. But I, I do appreciate <laughs> the extra day. <laughs> well, Mike, he sounds like he'd be a great person to invite to your party. Nothing. He, he doesn't want to see. He doesn't want to see anything. <laughs> he doesn't want to see anybody. He doesn't want to eat anything. But happy Labor, I, happy Labor Day! Happy Labor Day! 
I mean, you know what? I never really thought about my shoulder until I heard it. And then all of a sudden, like the shoulder becomes the center of your universe. I know. God's design for our body is incredible. And the shoulder is so incredibly complex. And when it goes, I mean, the rest of your body goes with it. So I'm still in, you know, recovery mode and uh, not particularly Mr. Party here for Labor Day. Sorry. What about if Mike and I bring our party to you? No, I don't want to see you guys. No. Oh, yeah. oh, did you hear that, Kat? He doesn't want to see us. Listen, but we're such enjoyable people. We'll no, make you then so I got to be social. No, I don't, don't want to be social. Be. You just sit back nope. and relax. We'll cater nope. to you. you I got to make small talk. I got to talk. You don't have to do anything. That, that. No, you're there in my house. I got to do something, no, right? No, you don't. Mm, now we're going to have to cancel all of our plans. No, you know what? I'm looking at the bed in the spare room with that little incline. That looks inviting to me. You know what, John? That's basically it. Seriously. Let us be best for you. No. I, I just, I really, I love you guys, but you know, all right. Labor Day, just let me no, labor in my own misery. Okay, well, if I can't, if I can't come to your house and cheer you up, I think I would like to grill something. Oh, really? really? Good. You're going to grill on Labor Day? I would like Is to grill something some fish? Really good. Fish, yeah, definitely. Okay. I saw this. Um, I saw this here. This grilled fish makes a spectacular Labor Day feast. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, grilled radishes are the side dish. And what's the fish? Hold on. What? Yeah, listen. It's whole grilled fish, um, Branzino. What? The fish is called Branzino? Mm-hmm. I never heard of it. Anyway, okay, you learn something every day. I'm going to Happy try Branzino it. Labor Day to you. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.